Welcome to another sci-fi podcast, Psychological Finances, where psychology and finances intersect. This is where we're going to examine how we think, feel, and behave with money. In the previous podcast, we talked about understanding your financial personality. What a great segue into learning how to finally create a spin plan that you can stick to. And understanding your financial personality will help you understand or at least apply your strengths and understand your challenges or vulnerabilities in the process so that you'll actually create it and then you won't give up when it starts getting hard. You can validate that you knew this would be a challenge, you knew this would be a vulnerability, but how can I keep going forward? So a little story, yesterday I provided financial education at the youth center to kids ranging from the age of 11 to 16. What a great group of kids, about 30 people attending. And wouldn't you know that in our budget exercise, they already knew what they needed to do instinctively. And I'm going to challenge you throughout this podcast, you have what it takes instinctually to know what you must do. It's just a matter of doing it. As a psychotherapist, I'm a licensed professional counselor as well as an accredited financial counselor. And over the years, what I've learned, and Freud even said it best, Freud would tell his patients over and over again that the best psychiatrist lives within. You already know what you need to do before you come and see me. You already know what you need to do before listening to this podcast. But podcasts are wonderful. Classes are wonderful because they create a sense of accountability. And it can serve as somewhat of a motivational tool for you to use as you're creating and sticking to this spin plan. Let me give you some stats so that you can understand a little bit and, and maybe even not beat yourself up a little t- so much. So 60% of all adults say they do not budget. Four in 10 say they are living beyond their means. 20% say they regularly spend more money than they earn. All three of those stats can be controlled by you, the individual. This doesn't come down to how much money you don't make or how much money you do make. It comes down to individual choice. And so the heart of this podcast is really going to be focusing on your circle of control, focusing on what you can control rather than what you can't. Three-fourths of adults lose sleep worrying about their finances. Let's take you out of that equation. And one-third of Americans say they find it difficult to meet household expenses on time each month, live paycheck to paycheck, or rely on credit cards. And look, we're moving into a situation where that's going to get worse and worse, but it doesn't have to be. It comes down to what next choice will you make to make this better for you. So the next thing I'll talk about are the barriers that we have to creating a spend plan and actually sticking to it. 
And by the way, this class was recorded when I provided this back in April. So if you'd like to watch the full recording, we have made that available to you. But some of the barriers that folks provided in the survey after the class is here's what here's what they said. These are true Team Redstone Arsenal members who said these are the barriers that have prevented them from creating and sticking to a spin plan. Here's the first response. Nothing but myself. So true. The next one is procrastination. And that's what the Journal of Clinical Psychology suggests is what keeps us from making good financial decisions. And procrastination is a self-regulatory issue. It's right up there with poor impulse control and not delaying gratification. That's why we overspend and we don't stick to our spend plan. Another response is buying things I don't need. (laughs) Here's a cute one. My husband's spending. Hey, if you need marital financial counseling, I'm your person. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. Another response, self-discipline. And then another, fear and anxiety. Feeling overwhelmed. Not knowing where to start. Old habits. Here's another one. The spin plan is just too difficult to maintain. And this is the trap that we fall into. We create a spin plan that is unrealistic. A couple other responses. I never really stuck to plans, so eventually I quit making them. That is honesty. That might be you today, that you are discouraged before you even begin. But let me give you the tools today to help you find out what is right for you and how to stick to it. So with that, what financial experts say consistently is a barrier is that procrastination. Self-deception is another, where you fudge the numbers. You're always deceiving yourself into thinking you have zero control when you actually have 100% of control of how you choose your money. Now, I do understand there might be some folks out there who are economically abused or financially abused. If that's you, uh, we'll be sure to provide a link for you to create um, a safety plan with a professional so that you can learn how to assert yourself um, and maybe possibly even get out of a relationship if you are being economically abused. In those circumstances, I do understand that you don't have 100% of control. But for most of us listening, these choices that we're making with our spend plans rest with us. So some other barriers are these cognitive distortions that I used when working with the clinical population. The first one is all or nothing thinking, where it leads to busting your budget because you start thinking in extremes of either being a success or a failure. Here's the perfect example. I'm already $5,000 in debt. What's another three grand? It's kind of sad, right? Another example, it's just not in the cards for me to live a comfortable life. That was the lie that I bought into When I was a kid, I never uh, reached for the stars because my parents didn't have the money to send me to college. Um, I was very poor 
growing up. And by the time I graduated high school, we were living in a two-bedroom trailer with holes in the floor. I didn't have my sights set on creating a wonderful spin plan. I just didn't think it was in the cards for me. That's all or nothing thinking. And sometimes we also get caught up in that cognitive distortion of catastrophizing, where everything becomes a catastrophe. And you know what I'm talking about. And then there's this overgeneralization where because my parents didn't do well with money, I will never do well with money. We need to learn how to identify these cognitive distortions and challenge them because we get caught up in this lazy thinking without even challenging them. And then it puts us into a financial pickle. But remember that these top barriers have nothing to do with other people. When you focus on what you can control, that's where the change happens. And in psychology, we call that internal versus external locus of control. Those who have an internal locus of control look to themselves and trust themselves to make good decisions and that they can influence and affect change. Whereas an external locus of control are where people constantly play the victim. They believe they have no control over a situation and that it's external forces that are holding them down or keeping them from moving forward. That's an unhealthy locus of control, that external locus of control. But trust that you have what it takes. And if you don't, call me. I'm at the Army Community Service Center at Redstone Arsenal. I'm here as your financial readiness program manager, ready to work with you on an individual basis to help you move forward. But I want you to know psychological finance or sci-fi is all about promoting financial well-being through proven psychological practices. And I want to validate for you that any change is hard and it requires more than spreadsheets, data, education. It requires multiple layers of behavioral change. So let's help shift your focus away from what you cannot control to what you can control. And let me further validate you that I understand why it's hard to create a spin plan and actually stick to it. There are uh, these stages of change that even psychology understands human nature goes through. You have your pre-contemplation stage, contemplation, preparation stage, the action stage, which is where you want to be. Possibly you're in the preparation stage right now just by listening to this podcast. And then there's the maintenance phase. At some point, there's an appropriate termination phase, but there's also a premature termination phase. This is where people give up too easily. So understand that. Know that. I get it. And so that's why I can have an effective conversation with you and help you understand. But I want you to know you don't have to understand the why before you do something different. Creating a spin plan is going to create a new neural pathway in your brain that can literally get you out of a rut. And I say rut intentionally because when we're caught up in these old habits and just doing what comes easily, that is a rut. 
And neuroscientists have confirmed that our brains have these wonderful neural pathways and habits are created in our brain structures. And a habit can create this rutted, deep-seated pathway in our brain to where that's why it's easier just to keep going on that path because that's what our brain knows. That's what it's familiar with. It's not scary, even if it's wrong, even if it's painful. That's, that's our go-to. But let's get out of that rut and start moving in a different direction and creating those new neural pathways. So Olivia, that's all great. It's nice to understand psychology, but what do I do from here? So first, what you wanna do is steep your numbers in reality. Create a cash flow statement, which is an income and an expense form. It answers the question where you've been. Where has your cash been coming from and where is it going? Then you wanna create a balance sheet, your net worth statement, your assets minus your liabilities. That answers where you are. And then create that spend plan. And that answers where you want to go. It becomes your blueprint for what you're wanting. And remember, it, it's not based on the amount of money that you make. I've seen several lower income earners have a higher net worth than higher income earners because of what they do with their money. We don't have a money problem. We have a spending problem. So update your spend plan. There's a book called You Need a Budget, and I have more on order. They should be coming in. So if you've listened to this podcast and you like what you hear and you want that book, all you have to do is contact me and I will be glad to give you this book. The You Need a Budget Principles, it's a great movement on creating a spend plan and actually sticking to it. By the way, Army endorsement is not implied. It's just an effective financial tool for you to use. Here are the you need a budget principles that are very effective. Number one, give every dollar a job. Know what you want your money to do for you before you even get it. And then assign those roles to every single dollar. When I was explaining this to the youth yesterday, I had their undivided attention. I was mesmerized about how hungry they were for this information. Some folks in that classroom had created a budget before, but only because it was a high school assignment or a middle school assignment, but not tied to personal finances, but for other financial purposes, which is kind of sad. Our financial literacy, our financial knowledge is not coming from anywhere else but from what we do to gain that knowledge, which is what you're doing by listening to this podcast. So good for you. The next principle is to embrace your true expenses. Don't lie to yourself. Don't fall into the trap of self-deception and gloss over the numbers. Know your true expenses. Number three, roll with the punches. Make sure that you're setting up an emergency savings plan or an emergency savings account so that you can roll with life's punches. The fourth is aging your money. 
that compound and interest. By the way, the savings class coming up, that will also be available to you via recording, but it's called Savings and Investing, Topics of Compounding Interest. And that compounding interest is what ages your money well. So I want to say with Rolling with the Punches, here are some true survey results from Redstone Arsenal on the barriers to creating emergency savings. The first response, knowing where to save the money to maximize my return on it. It's okay that you're not earning a return on your emergency savings fund. The promise that you want to give to yourself is that you're actually creating an emergency savings fund. And then once you've created one, then start worrying about where you want to put it to maximize your return. Maximizing your return should really be focused on your retirement and other investment vehicles. Your emergency savings fund, you want to have it liquidatable in case you need it right away. So another response is unexpected expenses that come up. So that's what keeps them from emergency savings. Isn't that a paradox? That all these unexpected expenses keep people from creating an unexpected expense account. But it's all about saying yes first to that emergency savings and then going through. Of course, you want to save your, you want to pay for your rent. You want to pay your mortgage. You want to pay for utilities. But if it means going without Netflix for a couple months to create emergency savings, or if it means looking at your variable expenses so that you can change up those variable expenses, do that. Some other responses. Paying my bills is coming before an emergency savings. Barely breaking even after I call cover all, all my other necessary expenses. Um, children's wants. Let me talk about that for a second. One of the reasons we consistently bust our spend plan is because we are not setting boundaries with our children, with ourselves, with our spouses. We all need to be on the same page. I had to go out and buy some knee pads for my child. She's, this is going to be my oldest. She's been a volleyball player for a while, but my youngest is finally starting to play and she needed some knee pads. And don't you know, as soon as we got to academy, mom, can I get this too? Can I get this too? Can I get this too? And then we were going to be late getting home. And then there was the prospect of, can't we just eat out for dinner so that you won't have to work so hard, mom, right? Manipulation. But I had to make it clear to them, look, I just dropped $55 on a pair of volleyball shoes for you. I'm not going to go out and spend another $50 just on a PB&J that we can make at home. So setting boundaries. Now I'm sure you're going to wanna know, Olivia, this is all great and good, but how do I find the extra money to help me get out from this cycle of paycheck to paycheck and find that extra money to create an emergency savings fund and to also feel better about how I'm working within this spend plan so that I don't consistently bust it. First, adjust your tax withholdings. You might be giving too much to Uncle Sam at one time. There's an IRS calculator that you can look at where you can decide uh, how much can I, what are, what are the whole, how do I adjust my withholdings so that I can get more money in my paycheck every month rather than just get a lump sum at the end of the year, which I'm gonna blow anyway. So that's a great way to taper or tame that psychological 
pinning, underpinning. Alter your variable expenses. We've already talked about that. Employ digital tracking. One of the one of my favorite guardrails for budgeting or the spend plan is digital tracking with the envelope method. The envelope method is Dave Ramsey's bread and butter. I think that's what made him famous, where you put all your cash in one envelope for a particular category, such as eating out. Once it's gone, it's gone. But a lot of us don't carry cash anymore, and we want to get those rewards on our credit cards. So you can employ the envelope method of digital tracking. And so that's available, and I'll make sure to provide that link for you. So you can also restructure your bills and your due dates to give yourself time to have a little more breathing room. So your bills are set apart in such a way to where you're not drowning by the end of the month. We've already talked about setting boundaries with your children and your family. And also creating a revolving savings fund. Not an emergency. We've already talked about creating that emergency savings fund, but this is different. This is a revolving savings fund. So when those irregular expenses come out, such as your home property taxes, then you're putting the $60 a month in there that you need to be able to make the payment by the end of the year. You're creating a revolving savings fund so that you're borrowing from yourself without paying interest when it comes due. So I hope this is giving you some information on what you need to do, the action and preventative steps you need to take to create a spin plan and stick to it. Stay tuned for more sci-fi podcasts.